pay attention to the data. I think if we can really be data-driven to to support our communities to move into employment opportunities, to be retrained and reabsorbed into the economy for these middle-scale occupations and higher-scale occupations that provide just a better income to support a better lifestyle, to support a greater community. We're all rowing in the same direction to really provide economic opportunity for everyone. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us, you the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is The Future of Work. As we enter the new normal and the economy begins to open up, the Los Angeles County Economic Development Corporation and its partners have been busy innovating and providing resources to help fuel a healthier transition. Our host, Salvatrice Kumo, talks with Senior Director of Economic Workforce Development for the LAEDC, Jessica Kim, about all things involved to create attainable opportunities, and she encourages us to be data-driven as we make decisions for ourselves as leaders in our designated areas and lives. Hi, and welcome to PCC's Future of Work podcast. I'm your host, Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development. And here with me today is Jessica Kim, Senior Director of Economic Workforce Development for LAEDC. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about LAEDC and the work it does in regards to our areas of specialty economic development. Sure. So as the Los Angeles County Economic Development Corporation, we're a nonprofit that is really focused on creating economic opportunity and prosperity for all throughout the county. And we do that collaboratively with government, businesses, small and large, nonprofits, education and workforce partners, all through a variety of different lenses. So whether it's looking at foreign direct investment through our World Trade Center, whether it's through business assistance, through our business assistance team that's out there, especially right now, providing a lot of technical assistance to hundreds, if not thousands of businesses across the county, to our workforce development department that I lead that focuses on our workforce development partners and our education partners, especially our community colleges. And then, of course, our Institute for Applied Economics that's really driving 
how we respond to the economy, to the changes and leveraging their analysis to support our partners to be demand driven and industry responsive. Great. Thank you. And and when we think about economic development, you and I both know that that term is so fluid, right? (laughs) And our roles are fluid as well. Share a little bit about your specific role at LAEDC as the Senior Director for Economic Development? Sure. I mean, um, there are some folks who wonder, you know, how does workforce development tie into economic development? And really a big part of it is that if you talk to any business, one of the key reasons why they would move to a region is because of their talent needs. And one of the reasons perhaps why they would leave a region is because the lack of talent. And so we find that you know, ensuring that we have a a talent base here that is demand driven and future oriented is so key to having a healthy economy, one that provides access to middle skill employment opportunities, that provides career advancement opportunities, and who creates an economy where businesses are invested in that education and the upskilling of the workforce. So we know that as folks are working, then they can purchase food, they can purchase a home, purchase a car. And so the economic vibrancy of a community is often directly and really strongly linked to the ability of these employers to have the talent that they need, whether it's manufacturing, healthcare, information and communications technology. It's extremely important that we also focus on our workforce. That workforce is certainly going to change for us post-COVID. You know, we're already seeing reinvention and retooling of specific occupations because business owners are looking at conducting their business very different. They're looking at reaching out to their customers differently, those who can. We obviously Mm -hmm. know that there's certain sectors and certain industry that that's not a viable solution at the moment. And that's really what's hurting us. This is that's that's hurting our economic impact, really. So COVID-19, you know, what sense are you getting about its impact to the LA community. What are some folks telling you? Sure. I mean, definitely the impact is large. This pandemic is really, you know, I like to tell folks, we usually government and businesses think, you know, if we had an earthquake, then we'd get support from the East Coast coming to the West Coast. Or if there was a hurricane, you know, we'd send resources down to the South or the Mideast. And we we don't have the breadth and the knowledge in terms of how to really respond to a pandemic. And so what we see is, you know, first and foremost, health and safety. I think when we, as LAEDC, when we took a look at some of the data up until mid-April, we saw that out of all the confirmed cases, at least here in California, about almost 40% of them were here in our LA County region. And out of the deaths related to COVID-19, almost 50% of them were here in LA County. In terms of the health piece, we see, you know, a great strain on our community. When we looked at the data that came out in around mid-April, we were looking at the numbers in about, let's say, 40, almost 40% of the cases of COVID-19 are in our county, and almost half of the deaths related to COVID-19 are here in our county. And those are huge numbers. And so, just the mental strain, the physical strain, the health strain that it's putting on our systems is large. We also know that in the last three weeks, we had over 2 million individuals file for unemployment. 
that's a huge part of our community that is financially strained. And we saw, I think the latest figures as of March 2020 was about 6.3% for unemployment. We know, of course, that number is going to go higher as we look to April and we've seen in the unemployment filings. And our small businesses, like you said, are really grappling with how to survive and retain their workforce. And we're, and you know, now we're seeing glimmers of government, you know, with furloughs and the loss of tax revenues and responding to that. But I would also say in the midst of all that, we see a lot of resources also coming for our businesses, our nonprofits. We see government workers really being prudent with their finances and trying to retain their workforce and provide services and, you know, really pay attention to the safety of our communities. And we see a lot of our, especially our health workforce, really leveraging the associations to find additional nurses, additional healthcare professionals, and this rally around using innovation. So we also see a lot of our community colleges here responding through additive manufacturing to provide face shields. And so innovation is also in our community resiliency and strength is coming through to work as a community, to support our community, to grow and to survive during this pandemic. Very true and on point. In an earlier episode, spoke to Victor Parker, the district director for SBA, specifically here in the LA office. And we had a real lengthy conversation about resources and how SBA is working with the business community on challenges during this very extraordinary time. How can the LAEDC or how is the LEDC helping employers overcome these challenges in this very extraordinary time? There are so many opportunities for economic development agencies like ourselves to make an impact. How is LEDC doing it? Sure. As LEDC, we're really focused on making sure that the resources are getting to all within our community. And so especially our small businesses and especially our nonprofits, who are often those without the capital to survive this type of economic impact. And so we have reached out to our philanthropic partners and set up a L.A. COVID-19 community connectory. And through that, we're proactively reaching out to nonprofits and small businesses to get them the resources, to provide them with the technical assistance, to put a voice over the phone when they need help, to show them and connect them to our website, which is updated daily with new resources. Because as you all know, some of these resources and the grants that come up, the minute they're opened, by the end of the day, those opportunities are gone. And the application and the need in our region is just so huge. And so we saw even with the PPP loans and things of that nature that we didn't get our fair share here in the region. And so we need to make sure that our small businesses are really tapping into these federal resources, these state resources. And so we're being proactive in getting that information out there to as many folks as we can and then connecting them with the technical assistance that they need. Could there be or are you at liberty to really discuss some of the most effective approaches for mitigating this economic damage that we're seeing and and strategizing big picture for an economic recovery? 
Sure. You know, we're big believers in playing to our regional strengths. Uh, So what this means is, you know, more specifically, as we think about our recovery from the secondary economic impacts of COVID-19, and as we kind of chart a vision to execute a strategy for our region's post-recovery renaissance, we really need to learn from and apply the lessons of the crisis that plays to our industrial strengths and concentration. So we're seeing, you know, a localization movement to reshore manufacturing. And as we have strong manufacturing strengths here in our region, we need to capitalize on that and bring the work. So whether we're looking at our biomanufacturing, our trade and logistics, our advanced manufacturing hubs that we have, especially around medical devices, biotherapeutics, and providing even from our textile side of manufacturing. We really need to play to some of these strengths to regain this economic opportunity that will provide then jobs to individuals, will provide the disposable income that then strengthens you know, the ability of families to go to restaurants, to go to coffee shops, to purchase goods. And so we really think that as we look to our regional strengths, our digital media and entertainment, our biosciences, our manufacturing, these are ways in which then we can create productive advantages that will have these natural overflow effects that will provide opportunities throughout all of our communities. Great. Thank you. The resources you mentioned are just phenomenal to our business owners and to the LA community. You mentioned something very specific, the LA COVID-19 community connectory. Tell us a little more. Give us a little deep dive into the weeds of what that's all about. Sure. So first, you know, through it, you can engage our business assistance and layoff avoidance professionals to directly help you overcome challenges. So if you're a business around retaining staff and positioning your company for economic recovery, if you're a nonprofit that's looking to tap into these resources, including small business and micro enterprises from loans to new grants to new free opportunities to leverage technology. And then of course, for workforce. So our individuals who are also in need of to file unemployment, or if you have questions, And then, of course, our rebounding resources as well to help businesses and governments start to think through how we're going to come out of this. But it also includes frequent analysis and economic outlooks from our Institute for Applied Economics to help and inform the region's plan for economic recovery. So if you've missed any of them, they're all cataloged. If you're, we just released a white paper too around Southern California and the industry impact. So as LADC, we're going to continue to put data out there, continue to provide analysis. And so we invite you to come and participate in our weekly webinars to get that information as well. And then, of course, the growing list of resources. So whether it's the CARES Act and understanding that, the cash assistance for young LA creatives, LA County renters hit by the coronavirus and some of the assistance there, or if you need work right now and who's hiring, A lot of this information is available on the website, and we promise to keep it up to date. That's incredible. And I have to believe that all of this work keeps you up at night. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. 
I, you know, it keeps me up at night as the educator on the other side of economic and workforce development. What specifically keeps you up, Jessica? Tell us more. What is your day to day? Oh, man. You know, I have a son and I think what keeps me up is imagining what LA will look like in the next year, in the next three years, in the next five years. You know, will we kind of rethink our education to really be more inclusive, to bridge that technological gap that we're seeing that will prepare the future workforce to be better and more equipped to be resilient during this time. You know, I think through when we'll get to be outside again and enjoy our parks and, you know, also the impact of automation. You know, will this propel automation in ways that we're kind of slowed, but now perhaps without folks being there, we look at other countries where, you know, you walk into that corner kind of mart and they have no one there and it's all automated. And so, you know, we look at our manufacturing, will it speed up automation? Will that create more jobs for folks in these technical and engineering occupations? And so really thinking through that so that we can have great data out there and labor market trends that can help support our workforce and education systems to develop quick training to reemploy folks, but also long term to really rethink education sometimes and how we propel folks around along career pathways. It's so important, so incredibly important. And that's the hope out of all of this is that post COVID-19, we are rethinking the way we educate. We're rethinking our systems. We're rethinking mm-hmm. the resiliencies of our agencies to prepare ourselves for a future national emergency. And so for our listener who is an educator, for our listener who is a student, who is a leader, and who is a business owner, how can they support post-COVID-19? What support can they give? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, and it may sound not the sexiest thing out there, but pay attention to the data, be data-driven, take a look at the trends, and learn from other regions too. Look back at what happened when we had our other economic downturn. We saw how New York really diversified their industry base and And so now they're more resilient. I think if we can really be data-driven to to support our communities, to move into employment opportunities, to be retrained and reabsorbed into the economy for these middle-skill occupations and higher-skill occupations that provide just a better income to support a better lifestyle, to support a greater community, I think that... I'm a big believer in putting people to work. And so anything we can do to really think through that collectively and then to support through policies, through training programs, through courses that really supports our community to get back to work, I think will just make huge differences for the anxiety folks are feeling, for the anxiety many students who are graduating are feeling, and that we're all rowing in the same direction to really provide economic opportunity for everyone. Thank you. Data Data is going to drive the reinvention and the pivoting of all of us and how we 
come back to our normal post-COVID. There's multiple data sources out there, but I think that as an educator, as a student, as a leader in a business community, one of the one of the most strongest sites out there, which LAEDC plays a pivotal role in, is Competitive Workforce LA. Do you want to take a moment to talk about what is Competitive Workforce LA and what can I, as a listener, get from going on to Competitive Workforce LA? So the Center for Competitive Workforce, which is found at competitiveworkforce.la, is a great place to go get that middle skills demand data. So what are those jobs that are in demand here in our LA basin? And we've posted the information, our community colleges, our regional community colleges. So all 19 of them utilize their funding to support this. And as a part of it, there's not only the data around it, there's industry councils that are held around some of this data so that we're getting businesses to share their workforce needs and getting it out to the leaders in our community colleges and other education partners. And then we're doing some of these regional program advisories to make sure, especially as we look at the healthcare crisis right now, respiratory techs are going to be more in demand. So we're bringing employers to the table with our community colleges to ensure that the current curriculum is really accounting for what's going on right now. And so these students are coming out fully prepared to enter the workforce. And so you will find all of that information through there. We'll continue to update it. We're about, we just released our manufacturing deep dive, and we're about to release our information communications and technology, construction and protective services, all of which are greatly impacted right now. And so I would highly recommend going there to stay on top of how our community colleges are also leading this effort, as well as to connect with industry, hear from industry, and be data-driven. Wow, that's amazing. Very, very good, Jessica. Thank you so much for spending your time here with us today. Again, I wanted to recap just a, two very important sites Jessica mentioned, competitiveworkforce.la for the most up-to-date reports on industry and um, amongst many other resources in there. And of course, laedc.org. Thank you, Jessica, for being with us today. This has been incredibly valuable. And we as a community college look forward to the continued partnership and collaboration with LAEDC. Thank you, Salvatore, so much for this opportunity to come and your college's leadership in getting this information out. You bet. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share or be a guest on the show, you can find a link to our webpage in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. You can look forward to new episodes weekly every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.